You guys all right? Let's just pray, eh? Father, thank you. Thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you for these guys. How important and special that every one of these guys are to you. Thank you for what we heard as well today. We thank you, Father God, for Jesus Christ. And we thank you for his anointing and his blessing. Amen. I felt, when I was out there, I just felt um, the Spirit of God say to me that one of us here is going to embark on a journey that you know is incorrect. And what you're saying is don't do it. Whatever that is, I ain't got a clue. That's what I feel in my spirit. Okay, let's move on. I'm going to, mate, this is, um, mate, <laughs> this has been one of the hardest things. I, like, they've asked me to do this today, and I couldn't get my mind out. I can't get my focus on it. And I've gone to bed. I thought about it, and I got up, and I can't get it. And so if tonight goes okay, then that is Spirit of God, not me. Because, like, literally, this has been the hardest thing. And I'm normally okay with it, but sometimes... Things don't quite work like that, do they? So, hey, let's just really think about it. So what I thought I'd do is I'd just tell you um, just about my life, a little bit of my journey and stuff that we're going through, and then see where that leads, eh? So that's good. So um, we started a new life group in the daytime, and this was about a year ago. Just want to encourage those guys that go. How many of you guys here go to a life group? Just interested in that. Okay, how many of you guys really go to a life group? <laughs> I see, it's really funny because the numbers, when you look at it, most, most numbers of life groups is women. It's really funny, isn't it? So, yeah, but I know, I know you guys got a really good men's life group. That's really good. So you've got to behave, all right, otherwise you get another beanbag. But that's really good. So um, we, um, we started this life group up, and it's primarily for, like, shall we just say it's come from Link, isn't it? And everybody took the mickey about it. And I remember Simon Jarvis said to me, mate, he said, like, Link, you know, he was laughing. And, and I thought, no, I said, actually, it's quite serious because, like, once you get over the age of 60, we'll call it 60, and then you get into the arena of the old, I've got a couple of years to go yet, and then what happens is they park you up, don't they? They kind of park you up, and then you're like, what do we do with this person? Like, you know, because they begin to get old and smell and dribble and that sort of stuff. And so what, what, we, what are we doing with them? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, literally, it's a very difficult thing, isn't it? And I, and I do you know what? Like, I've always thought about this. I thought, I will never want to be a part of that. And I never want to dribble. And I never want to smell. However, like, these people... Like, I thought to myself, I felt passionate about it because I thought one day I'll get there. And one day we will all get there, God willing. Okay, so what happens is when you get there, what's going to happen to your life? Because actually these guys have come up through the years of being born again. They've led church. They've done groups. You know, was it like you were honoring Sue Jordan? And then she said, oh, what have you done? And she came out with this catalogue of things that she did in church. And I thought, wow. That is simply amazing. I thought, look at this woman, and look at the depth and everything that she has done. Mate, that's a hero. And she's just one person of a whole group of people that are so wealthy, you know, wealthy experience. But we don't park them. They, these people now, they should be the Elijahs, the Moses, the Aarons. You know, they're the Calebs, the strength coming out of these guys. That's what they are. But what we do is we tend to think, oh, I'm going to focus on the young, focus on the young, do this. And we'll just park them aside. Not right. Not right. So what we should be looking at is how do we get the information, how do we get the knowledge so we build them up? Because I think that they think that everything 
it's above and beyond them, and, they, and we have, we've got no call on life now because we've done what we're going to do. It's incorrect. And the calling on their life is huge. So don't ever dismiss them. But the stuff that they've gone through and the things that they do is incredible. And I want to, um, my thought is I want to get these people going and set them up to do stuff. And this life group is amazing because Roger and Ju lead it with us as well. And they're incredible. They, it's taken a year for them to accept us, isn't it? Don't you reckon, Roger? It's taken a year. And now they look at us and they're absolutely wiping themselves with laughter, like looking at us and thinking, oh yeah, you just said that and you just need to join us. There's a lot of stuff going on. And they've accepted us now. So my mission is to get those guys leading, doing stuff, getting out in the community, stuff like that. So I want to get a project going to make these guys feel the value they actually really have. It's really good. So I was preparing for tonight. And um, I, I wrote this stuff out on, on this piece of paper and I thought, I looked at it and I thought, that is not great. That is really, really legalistic. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, I don't know, I just what can I do with this? And then as I broke it apart and everything, I started floating around on YouTube and, and uh, the internet and I started looking at Grace, you know. And it's really funny because I didn't really know what John was speaking on tonight and it's like it's really resonated and it's mostly duplicated as well because he showed me that diagram I looked at it and it did look like the underground and I thought I don't really know what he's going to talk about but actually it's very similar which is very good but then um, I thought to myself I don't know much about grace and merited favor what is it what does it mean how does it mean what does it look like why don't I know about it at 58 years of age why have I never studied it so I, I, there was a course online and I thought I'm going to sign up for it I'm going to do it and it's a six month course and it's like you don't have to submit to anything but you buy it you pay the money you do this course and I started doing it mate it took my mind apart and I thought this joy is it talked about condemnation about why we feel in condemnation. So what John was talking about tonight. And I thought, I need to know about this subject so that I don't feel under condemnation because actually I did, I did feel it. And when we were talking in our group tonight, we were talking about, you know, why, why we feel like that. And we were saying that our parents perhaps have led us down this road because of the old philosophy and the old theology that you used to live with. You know, you've got to do that because you need to do this because I'm saying this, you know, if you don't do this, God will be unhappy with you. And I thought to myself, is that really true? Is that really what God thinks of me? And so you try to do your life under works. But actually, grace comes in. And if you understand grace, that's all garbage. That's absolute garbage because every time I think of doing something, it's stepping into works. So, what is works? Works is anything that is work orientated. If you think, I have to do this because, that's works. If I don't do this because, that again is works. And actually, it says on this course, I'm not going to bore the brains out for you now, but it says on this course that grace plus grace plus grace plus grace plus a tiny bit of works is works. Period. That's powerful. So you think to yourself, am I living under condemnation or am I living in grace? And so I just want to touch a little bit on this tonight and to encourage you and to make us think. And my mission tonight is to stop us to process what we've done this week, what we've done today, what we've done this year and think, am I living under grace or am I living under works? Because if you're living under works, I want to change your theology or thinking 
and put you on the side of grace. And if you do that, because this, this is what happened to me, because, you know, sometimes you study and you get a revelation or something. Like, revelation, you can read the Bible for 100 years and not get a revelation. But when God gives you revelation, something clicks inside of you. And do you know what? When I did this, only on my third one of the course, I sat there and thought, I'm free. I'm free. And I've not really felt that so much. I mean, because I felt, you know, I was thinking, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that and everything. And all of a sudden, God comes down and the Spirit of God opens something out through a Bible verse speaking from some bloke that lives in Denmark at me on my computer in my bedroom looking at it. And God says, bang, this. And automatically, I thought, I've been wrong. And it takes guts to turn around at my age and say I'm wrong not just wrong I was well wrong Do you know what I mean so I want to encourage you down this road now if all of you if all of you think that guy is really bad because he should have known that then I'm cool with that I'm cool with that but what I'd like to do maybe somebody in here to think I can set them free not me but I'm gonna take you and I want you to think of us I'm gonna take on a story okay and I want you to think about what I'm going to say, and I want it to, you to picture yourself in this area. You live in a thousand years ago. I'm moving around tonight because I want to keep you active in your head, okay? A thousand years ago, you were living, and you had a small holding, and you lived in a great big valley. And down at the bottom of the valley, the sun was shining. Let's picture it. There's like meadows. The bees are buzzing around. The cattle's out there. You've got your lovely little stronghold. Stronghold. <laughs> yeah. Small holding. It could be a stronghold, perhaps a little cat in the bag. But you're living there, and you're quite agitated because your master, who lives there, is tyrannical he's a bit of a hard guy he's a bit of a master that is really i want you to do this and i want you to do that and there's no chance you will do what i tell you to do so you carry on with your things that you're doing day by day week by week life by life as it goes you'll just carry on doing what he tells you to do sometimes this master will come along and he'll make you take the good things, the things that you use on your small holding, like your hose and your forks and your pitchforks and everything. And he'll make you turn them and forge them down with the blacksmith into weapons that you can use for him. And you sit there thinking, why am I going, why am I doing this? This is really hard. And I really dislike that person. And your eyes look down this valley, and up on the other side of the valley, in between, is a great big river. And you keep thinking, what's on that other side of that valley? Looks so much better. Time goes by, and you decide, because your tyrannical master, as it were, has gone. He's left a little bit for the day. He's coming back. But you think to yourself, I am going to leave while I can. So you get all of your tools together and you get everything and you walk down and there's a great big river in front of you. And you cross the river onto the other side. When you get to the other side, you picture this, you get it in your head. When you get to the other side, you look back and you think, 
wow, that was hard work, that was painful. And so you meet your new master, and your new master is amazing. And you think, why did I stay with that old master for so long? What is this new master about? And a new master wants you to improve things. He he's doing great things. He's like building hospitals. What he's doing, he's making, when the sick are there, he's there making the sick better. And then when the animals are sick, he goes over and he says to you sometimes, hey, he said, Mark, come with me and come and help me do these things and take away your weapons. We don't need those. We can use those for good things. And so on this, you look back and you think, oh, that's amazing. Every now and then, you can hear your, whole, your old master. He's the other side of that river. And he's saying, Mark, what are you doing? Why are you on it? Wait, come back. Come back to me. And you think, I'm not leaving my new master because the things I'm doing now are so much better. But he comes, he says, if, if you do that, what he's telling you to do, this will make you bad. This could make you sick. Everyone's going to laugh at you. Don't do that. Don't do this. Come back to us. But in the end, you say, no, no, get away from me. Get away from me. I'm going to carry on. It's just a meaningless, not meaningless, but like an interesting story of like on one side was your old life and on the other side is your born again life. And so what happens there is the old master would be Satan. He would be your enemy. He would be your arch enemy. And what we're finding now is that the enemy... Even though you've crossed the river and you're living on the new side, the old master is still approaching you and is still playing with your mind. You may say, I've been a Christian for so long that actually I don't feel like that. I feel good. I don't hear things. But you do because the enemy is always there trying to attack us. I need to get my my notes here you're not under like I've got this written down and says you're not under any obligation from the old landlord he may say stuff to you he may think he may plant stuff in but there is no obligation this is when I was reading this and I thought to myself, I was, I was picturing myself there. And what I believe God said to me is that many Christians go back, not to the other side, but they go back to the water. And they stand in that river. And, and I got a clear picture. When I, was, when I was reading this, I got a clear picture from God. And as me saying for God, I just believe the Spirit of God was saying to me that many of us, okay, and me included, are just playing games in the water. And we were saying, well, what do you mean, Mark? What are you trying to say? But actually, you cannot live on the fence. And as the water comes down, you can play in it. And, but you are so close to that enemy that was trying to tell you. And he's there, very close, saying, Mark, Mark, you know, if you do that, this will make you feel like this. If you do this, this will make you feel bad. And, you know, it's all about condemnation, building up. But I believe what the Spirit of God is saying tonight is 
you cannot, you cannot sit in the stream or in the river or the water. There is no time for it. I was, um, I was at work the other day in one of the surgeries, and and um, and a, a Christian came in, and he was one of the old druggies we used to call them, you know, the old the, the converted, what are we calling them now, druggies, but like, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> he used to come to this church anyway, but like he was saying that he's, he's had loads of friends from church and everything, so it's been an amazing call because he got gloriously, like when I say gloriously, my dad used to say, that's a really bad word, and he got an amazing salvation, and his life transformed into something absolutely um, incomparable to what he used to live in. And he was saying to me, do you know what, Mark? He said, uh, he said it's, it's great chatting to you. He said, but like, what happened was I had so many friends. I had so many friends. But what happened was, was my friends, they all got to a certain level. And he said, and they parked up. I said, what do you mean parked up? He said, they just parked. He said, in a Christian life, he said, they just, he said, they just like only got to a certain level and he said, and I class it as parking. He said, but I can't deal with that, Mark. He said, you know, and so what happened is I've not defriended them, as it were. He said, but what it needed, it, I needed to go on. And so they called him to be a minister in his church, which is really, in, in not his church, but into another church. And so he's now doing a, a degree course and everything. So he said, I can't believe it. I was a druggie and I was on everything on the planet. He said, now I sat down doing a degree course. He said, and it's actually blowing my mind. He said, I absolutely love it. And he was so on fire for God. And you know, I said, well, what happened? What happened in you? He said, he said, I never let go. He said, and when I was with my friends, he said, I, I, he said, I got to a point, he said, but then you don't disassociate with them. He said, but I knew in my spirit that I needed to keep going and going and going and grow. And he said, and through those things, he said, I have seen a miraculous happen 24-7. He said, it's incredible. He said, I had a row with my wife the other day, as we were talking about miraculous. He said, I had a row with my wife the other day. And he said, I, I haven't got any money. He said, I haven't got any. He said, and so, um, he said, my wife said, well, he said, there was somebody over there and I, they really needed blessing so I gave him 20 quid and he said 20 quid he said we haven't got the money what are you thinking don't do stuff like this and then he went out to his car and there was an envelope in his car and he opens the envelope up and there's 50 quid in it and I thought to myself I'd just like to see the miraculous take place in this guy is just beautiful from a guy that was living in this part of life to actually experiencing the fullness of God I was just talking to Marion Collins the other day I'm digressing here as well, and uh, she was saying that she <clears throat> she was at the um, the pre-service meeting, and one of the guys, one of the pre-pastors there, he said, you know, he was talking about how you can be the same as what it was in Acts, as what it is today. And she said, oh, she said, she said it just resonated in my head. And she said, I went home, and she lives in a, in a block of flats. And um, she said, this woman that lives next to her, she said she's 92 years old, and she said her toe was cane in her. And she said, I can't hardly move. She said, I just, she said, I just, oh, she said, I was like that. And so she, she said, I am too nervous to pray for her. I am too nervous to pray for her. I, uh, what can I do, God? And then she remembered what this guy said. And so she said, would you like me to pray for you? She said, because all of 
her inside said to her that if I ask her to, to pray, she'll just shout at me. And so you can hear the enemy sort of speaking at her. So she said, I just stirred up and I manned up. Can, you, can a woman man up? I don't know. But anyway, she womaned up. And she looked at her and she said, would you like me to pray for you? And this woman just, she said, my, the delight came over my face. She said, I, I looked at her and she said, yeah, I would really like you to pray for me. And so she just knelt down and she just prayed over it. She said, I didn't expect anything to happen. That's just the way we all are, isn't it, really? But two days later, she saw this woman, and she was 92, and she was walking like this. She said, oh, how's your foot? She said, I don't, can't believe it. She said, it's absolutely fine. And so this woman was sat there, and, you know, now Mariam was sat there, and she said, oh, isn't God good? Isn't God good all the time? I've totally lost. Totally lost what I'm talking about here. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. In the, in, the, in the prodigal son, okay, the father didn't chase. Do you remember uh, Simon preached about this, didn't he? The father didn't chase after the person. He stayed back and he just waited. And what I believe is that some of us are living a life Okay, and I'm trying to think spirit here. I'm trying to think spirit. Some of us are living a life that is not the best. There is so much for us, but we're not living the best. And why is that? Because we're stood in a river and we know that grace abounds and God is up there and he is wanting us and not works, okay? Not by works, lest you boast. But he wants us to be absolutely with him but not faffing around in the water. And we're too on the fence, and we're too listening to the enemy, and we're too not assertive in what we want to do. But actually what God is saying, I want you here with me. Now, this is really specific, this as well. This is what I'm feeling, okay? Is there are people here today, and we know who we are. And inside our mind we're thinking I don't really want to go back to the father because the stuff that I am doing I know he doesn't like and the things that I'm thinking the stuff that I'm doing is awkward and it makes me as a Christian uncomfortable and if I turn around to the father like if I go back to him like the prodigal son he's going to dislike me and it's awkward, and I don't like repenting. And I am really feeling awkward about this situation. If you are that person, then there is great news. Because in scripture it says, you know, when, when God did an amazing work in me four years ago, he piled a scripture into me, and I'm going to read it out of the Bible, because it's the most powerful scripture, and it's in Romans 8. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation, for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's you. That's you. And so the father is not going to come running down to you in that river, okay, and say, hey, Mark, you know, are you having a nice time, mate? Are you, oh, yeah, 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 what about this what you're doing? No, 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 what about that? No, no, it's nothing. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's going to be on his small holding up there waiting for you to come. And when you go to him, you can go and you can actually look at him square on, eye to eye. And I'll tell you what he's going to see. Okay, 
He's not going to see sexual immorality. He's not going to see pornography. He's not going to see the violence and all that stuff that could possibly be rattling around. What he's going to see is his son, Jesus. And he's not going to look at you and say, you're disgusting. You're rubbish because you're a failure. And, and the stuff that you're doing, you shouldn't do. And because you've done that, I'm going to keep a separation between us. Because that is condemnation. And Jesus says, what well, scripture says, Paul actually, it says, there is there now for no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The response... I wrote it down. I wrote some stuff down, believe it or not, and I haven't talked about anything I should have. Why does he wait? Why, why does God wait? Or Jesus, you know, because that's God's middle name, isn't it, Jesus? Why does he wait? Why does he not come down and grab you and say, get out of there? Because it's your deal. It's your deal, isn't it? And when you go to him, you may say, why does he wait? Is it, the reason is because of who you are in Christ. You're loved. <laughs> You're loved. You could say it a hundred times until you get it, but actually you are loved. Whether you like it or not, whether the stuff that you're dabbling in and you're sat in the water, what I'm saying to you, get out. Get out the water tonight and get up there and face him and know that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because I am loved. Why? Because I know who I am in Christ. Why? Because you're a son. Because there's a really massive difference here, okay, for somebody who says, oh, I'm a sinner. Are you a sinner? Are you? Because actually, if Jesus looks at you and says, I see Jesus, I don't actually see the garbage you're dealing with. And although it's wrong... The difference here is that you're under condemnation in your mind because when you go to God, you're feeling guilty, okay? And what I'm saying is, don't do it. I am saying don't do it. I'm not putting works on you. But what I'm saying is it alters, it alters your relationship with your father. So if I mess, my dad's still alive, he's 92, and if I really mess around, do bad stuff to him, the relationship I have with him is not going to be great because I feel guilty. But my dad will still love me. That's the thing. Who am I in Christ? Punish. We could punish us. It says here that I'm free from condemnation. So even with all that garbage we're up to in the river, he ain't going to punish you. That takes some thinking because I've been brought up to believe that if I don't do this, this is going to happen. If I do this, this is going to happen. If I do this, and that is entirely, entirely works. And there is no works. It's all about grace. I feel awful. Well, I feel awful. I feel awful. I feel awful. Actually, scripture says, I'm accepted. <laughs> but how can I be accepted? Because I've done this and I've done that. And I'm a failure and everything. But actually, what Jesus is saying is, mate, you are accepted. You're my son. Come here. Give us a hug. Because I love you. But I've messed up and I've done such crap. Can I say that word in here? But it is. It's just there's no other thing that can say it except I've messed around in so much crap. 
And actually, come here, mate. Come here. Don't feel condemned because I, you're forgiven. You're free. How can I speak to him? How can I go to God and speak to him? I have direct access to God. I can approach the throne bold, boldly. And just look at him in the eyes. And like, if you're a man, you say, I'm gutted, I'm sorry. But I'm forgiven anyway. You can say it, but I'm forgiven. And I'm free. And there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. I feel a lot of pressure when I gave this. And I wanted to teach tonight. But I feel in my spirit that there is some stuff going on in here and I'm nervous because that's the way it operates and what God is saying mate come on get that water face me up and let's walk together in harmony I've got a load more here but I'm finished